Amen. All right, check this out. This uh, Speaking of heaven and stuff, a woman died and she found herself outside the pearly gates. And guess who she was greeted by? St. Peter. I don't know why we'll ask him when we get there, apparently, Tom, but it's always him. But anyway, so she's greeted by St. Peter. And so, and so she asks him, she goes, oh, is, is this place really what I think it is? It's, it's beautiful. Did, did I make it to heaven? To which St. Peter replies, he says, yes, dear, these are the gates of heaven. But you must do one more thing before you can enter. And the woman, obviously, she's excited, Bobby. And so she asked Peter, well, what's she got to do to pass through the gates? And so Peter said, well, you need to spell a word. And she goes, well, well what word? And, and, and Peter replies, well, it, it's uh, any word. It, it's your choice. And so the woman replied, okay, the word I choose to spell is love, L-O-V-E. Well, St. Peter, he congratulated her on her good fortune, having made it to heaven and all. But he asked her if she wouldn't mind taking his place at the gates for a few minutes while he went off to the bathroom. And she said, well, sure, I'd be honored. And, and, but wait a second, Peter, what, what do I do if somebody shows up to the gates while you're gone? And so Peter assured her and instructed the woman that if any newcomers come to the pearly gates just like she did, that they just have them spell a word just like she did. So the woman, she's sitting there in St. Peter's chair. She's watching all the beautiful angels soar around her and stuff. And lo and behold, a man approaches the gates, and she can't believe her eyes. It's her husband. And she cries out. She goes, what happened? Why are you here? No, that's not why. Okay. And so her husband stared at her for a moment and says, well, I, I, I was so upset when I left your funeral. I, I, I got into a car accident, and, and now I'm here. Did, did I really make it to heaven? To which his wife replied, no, no, not yet. You must first spell a word. And he says, well, what word? And his wife said, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Whoa. I actually had to use spell check in my notes on that one, Tom. Right? But you guys seem pretty discerning. How many guys would say that that couple's uh, marriage back on earth probably didn't end on a very good note there? You know what I'm saying? Czechoslovakia uh, kind of gives it away. Okay. But folks, did you know the Bible says the bulk of our planet's relationship with God is also not going to end on a very good note? And that's because the Bible is clear. Our planet is headed to the seven-year tribulation. Jesus Christ said it's going to be the worst time in the history of mankind. It's going to be filled with one of the most godless, demonic societies you could ever dream of. And that's why the wrath of God is coming down. But as always, don't take my word for it. This is what he said is going to happen to your society, to your plan, to your nation, to your country, when you have the audacity to say he doesn't exist. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Let's take a look at why things are getting more and more wicked and not only that, but why is God's wrath going to be poured out on this planet? Not one year, not two years, not three years, seven years nonstop. And why you don't want to be there. Romans chapter 1. And uh, Romans, of course, was written to... The Romans, you guys are on the ball. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 32. And uh, God's wrath against mankind. Why is it happening? Why is it coming? Well, here's what he says. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against what? All the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God what? He's made it plain to them. Well, well, how do you do that? Well, keep reading. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been what? Made. You look at creation, you see design, it implies a designer. You have no excuse. And that's why he says, so men are without excuse. For although they knew God, because God gave them this evidence, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, and isn't that what it is? The academia today, an evolutionary mindset, oh, you guys dumb, dumb, we smart. We know, no, what's God say? You guys became a bunch of fools. You absolutely, purposely ignored this evidence of intelligent design. And he says, you claim to be wise, you became fools. And here's what you did. You exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, here's what you get. You reap what you sow. God gave them over to the sinful desires of their heart, to sexual impurity, to the degrading of their bodies with one another. Listen, they exchanged the truth of God for a what? A lie. Can I supplant that? One of the lies, evolution. And you worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Right? You want to go down that route? Guess what's going to happen? It's going to get worse. Listen to what God does. Because of this, God gave them over to what? Shameful us. Well, what's he talking about? Listen, even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. Well, what's he talking about? Well, read the context. He said, in the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women were inflamed with lust for one another. What's he talking about? Homosexuality, lesbianism there. He says it right there. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Now, you don't want to turn around from that? That's where we've been for a while as a nation, right? 
What's God say? You don't want to stop? Furthermore, uh, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, now he gives them over to what? A depraved mind. Listen, to do what ought not to be done. They become filled with every kind of, of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They're gossips, they're, they're slanders. Listen, God haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They're senseless, ruthless, heartless. Uh, and, and although they know uh, that God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, listen, they not only continue to do do these very things? Listen, but they also, what's the word there? Approve of those who practice them. You know, like the Supreme Court. Is this coming alive or what? Folks, if ever there was, what's, uh, you want to know what's going on with our society? It's this verse right here. We're following the same horrible track as the Roman society did and went down the tubes, okay? It's exactly what our society's uh, going on. Where's all this wicked behavior coming from in our country? Why is things going down the tubes? Well, what did God say at the very beginning? From suppressing the truth about God's existence, and is that not what the lie of evolution does? Right? And that's been going on for what? 50 plus years, 60 years, okay? They say there is no God. We have no proof before us, and yet there's tons of proof, and they ignore it, and you try to get that proof out there. Is it an open system? No, they suppress the truth exactly like Roman says. And then they put forth the junk science, not only in our schools and universities, but in the media and Hollywood, and they just repeat a lie loud enough, long enough, and people believe it. Okay, and that's what's going on. And here's the point. God says, when you keep doing that, when you have the audacity to say, I don't exist, even though I gave you tons of evidence, what's he going to do? I'm going to give you over. Right? You don't want me? You're going to be turned over to your wicked desires. You don't want there to be a God? Fine, have it your way. You're going to learn the hard way what happens to a society when you have the audacity to basically thumb your nose at him. Okay, and he says there, you're immediately going to go after sexual impurity, shameful lust, homosexuality. You're going to become filled with every kind of wickedness and evil and greed and depravity and murder and envy and strife and malice, gossip, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful, disobedient to parents, senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. It's going to get so bad, so bad. You're going to even invent ways of doing evil. It's like, where did this come from? Tell me that's not us today. I mean, just when you think it can't get any worse, it's like, you got to be kidding me. How wicked is it? It just keeps happening. It's Romans chapter 1. Why? Because you had the audacity to say God doesn't exist. You suppress the truth with this lie called evolution. And God says, I'm going to give you over. It's a direct correlation. What you believe determines how you behave. This is the fruit, this level of wickedness, even to the point where they start inventing things that you've got to be. How wicked can you get? It stems from an atheistic lie called evolution. It's producing the that we see today listen and i believe it's about to get even worse and i believe it's this atheistic evolutionary mindset that is preparing people also to fall for the antichrist deception in the last days and i want to share with you three different ways i see that being set up you need this atheistic lie to pull off these three deceptions of the antichrist and the first way we know that is preparing people for that is the rise of a movement called transhumanism how many of you guys heard that transhumanist movement okay for the first time in man's history we actually have a movement out there called transhumanism listen and their desire they have plans to bring people back from the dead they want to achieve a man-made immortality you don't need jesus christ we can do it ourselves now as wild as that sounds okay this is the kind of mindset the antichrist needs to uh dupe the world into worshiping him during the seven-year tribulation. Let's take a look at that text there in Revelation chapter 13, verses 14 through 15. Because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, this is the false prophet doing these false signs, and he was given power to do on behalf of the Antichrist, the beast, he deceived the inhabitants of the earth, and he ordered them to set up a what? Some sort of an image in honor of the beast of the Antichrist. Listen, who was wounded by the sword, he looked like this guy was dead, it was over, but all of a sudden... He's alive again. What's going on here? And that's part of the deception. People, whoa, hey, man, line up with this guy. He, he overcomes death. Or so it appears. All right? And then it says he was given power to give breath to this image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. And then, of course, later they institute this thing called the mark of the beast of the Antichrist, right hand, forehead, controlling what you buy and sell. And I think it's even more than that, not saying that saith the Lord, but I think it's a loaded term when you look at that technology. But here we see the infamous passage where the false prophet dupes the whole world 
into worshiping the Antichrist. And apparently in the context, it has something to do with this Antichrist dying or this fatal head wound or appearing to die. It looks like he's dead, whatever. And so after this alleged death of the false of the Antichrist, this false prophet is going to use that event okay, to make this image, to make this likeness, um, something of that nature of the Antichrist. And it's not just an image. It's not a flat image. Apparently, it has the ability, this image, to speak, says there, and cause, to give orders, all who refuse to worship this image to die. Right? It says it right there. Okay? And so that's the question. Do we see any kind of technology on the planet that could help this passage come to life? To, if you will, fake the death of the Antichrist in order to create this image that can actually talk and interact with people and cause them to die. Yeah, and folks, I'm telling you, this is what is behind the goals of the transhumanist movement. Scientists right now, folks, are working on right now, listen, how to download a person's brain into a computer and in theory preserve it for life and possibly even transload the contents of your brain if you need to into an image. Whoa, let's take a look at what they're up to. It's a conservative statement to say that by 2025, we'll be able to look inside your brain, see everything that's going on, all the interneuronal connections, all the synaptic clefts, all the neurotransmitter strengths, and create a huge database and copy down every salient detail, and then reinstantiate that information in a neural computer of sufficient capacity and create basically a copy of the thinking process that takes place in your brain. To transfer your mind to a computer, this seems to be the ultimate dream of many scientists. To liberate us from our old body that is becoming obsolete in this technological world. We would then go on living as free spirits in cyberspace. So in a way, mind uploading is a shortcut around artificial intelligence that will allow us to have machines with human minds. Now you sleep well tonight. Wasn't that freaky? Man, that's wild. Now, when I put all this together, the Bible says in the last days, this is written 2,000 years ago, that the Antichrist is going to die or appear to die or something like this. This false prophet is going to use that event to uh, set up some sort of an image that to this Antichrist can appear again and, and then speak and cause all who refuse to worship that image to die. This is all current technology, folks, already here. Now, as wild as this sounds, you might think, well, that's a long way. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Transhumanist folks, people behind this technology have not already succeeded, listen, and getting approval by the FDA. This is not some guys in a smoke-filled room in a warehouse. They've got approval already by the FDA, listen, of human suspended animation trials to preserve somebody's body when it does die, you know, in order to keep them alive until you can get it, the brain into some sort of an image or cyborg or whatever. The FDA approval, okay? But the ultimate goal is to preserve the human brain and transform it, okay? Hence the term transhumanism into a computer image inside of a computer that seemingly lives forever you know, in case the body does break down, okay? And again, if you guys aren't familiar with this, Hollywood's already preparing us for this reality. How many of you guys saw that movie by Johnny Depp called Transcendence? That is a number one big time. All it is is a giant advertisement for the transhumanist movement. And what did that guy do? His body was dying, right? And he figured out a way before he passed, whew, he was able to download his brain into a computer and he created all these images and became superhuman, godlike powers, and even was able to create his own body again. Another image. Okay, that's transhumanism. This is what these guys are really working for. In fact, they're so serious about this, folks, they're already starting to predict dates. Not just maybe sometime Star Trek 5003. No, no. Very soon they believe the technology will be here to put this in place. And you wonder why Jesus might be coming back sooner than later to put a stop to this. But here is their own timeline. Watch this. 2013 to 2014. 
New centers working on cybernetic technologies for the development of radical life extension rise. The race for immortality starts. 2015 to 2020, the avatar is created. A robotic human copy controlled by thought via brain-computer interface. It becomes as popular as a car. In Russia and in the world appear, in testing mode, several breakthrough projects. Android robots to replace people in manufacturing tasks. Android robot servants for every home. Thought-controlled avatars to provide telepresence in any place of the world and abolish the need for business trips. Flying cars. Thought-driven mobile communications built into the body or sprayed onto the skin. 2020 to 2025. An autonomous system providing life support for the brain and allowing it interaction with the environment is created. The brain is transplanted into an Avatar B. With Avatar B, man receives new, expanded life. 2025. The new generation of avatars provides complete transmission of sensations from all five sensory robot organs to the operator. 2030 to 2035, ReBrain. The colossal project of brain reverse engineering is implemented. World science comes very close to understanding the principles of consciousness. 2035, the first successful attempt to transfer one's personality to an alternative carrier. The epoch of cybernetic immortality begins. 2040 to 2050. Bodies made of nanorobots that can take any shape arise alongside hologram bodies. The main priority of his development is spiritual self-improvement. A new era dawns. The era of neo-humanity. Isn't that wild? The era of new humanity. We don't need God. We'll spiritually evolve ourselves. We'll create our own immortality. This is what they're really working on, folks, that you can become your own God. And hey, as long as you get your brain downloaded in time, you could live forever. You can create another image of yourself. You can create... 2,000 years ago, this was written down. Look at what is going on today. Isn't it getting wicked? No wonder Jesus is coming back. Oh, by the way, did you notice on that timeline? It was only in just a couple of years they were predicting they had the ability to put the brain into a computer. It wasn't 45. They said 2020. Very interesting. Now, unless you think these people aren't serious, folks, uh, they're deadly serious. And pun is intended. I'm going to share with you a very quick interview clip from a Dr. Richard Saeed. He's a major guy in the transhumanist movement. Listen to what he says out of his own mouth. You try to stop him from becoming a god? Watch what he says. We are going to become gods. Period. If you don't like it, get off. You don't have to contribute you don't have to participate. But if you're going to interfere with me becoming God, you're going to have big trouble. Then we'll have warfare. Can I translate that? We'll kill you if you try to stop us from becoming our own gods. Now, what's really sad is you're seeing history repeat itself. Genesis uh, 3, what happened there? What was the lie that Satan used to dupe man the first time? You will be like God. And this is what we see, Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 through 5. At the very beginning, folks, it's happening again at the very end. You will, Satan says, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes are going to be open, and you will what? You'll be like God, knowing good from evil, huh? And isn't it wild? We're living the days, we're seeing that at the beginning of creation, Satan caused the fall of mankind with a lie. You can be like God. Don't listen to God. Don't go his way. Listen to Satan. And in the last days, he's doing the exact same thing, and you would think we'd learn our lesson. Mankind is going down the bad route again. Oh, uh, uh, just in time for the Antichrist seemingly to come back alive. Oh, and doesn't he say that he is God halfway into the seven years? Isn't this wild? It's almost like the Bible's relative or something. What a concept, uh, especially in the last days. The second way we know this rise of atheism, you want to turn away from God? You want to have the audacity to say he doesn't exist? Man, you, they're going to invent ways of doing evil. And here's another invention. We're going to see a rise of human hybrids. Okay? Transhumanism is just the first step. Okay? We need to start working on these images, uh, new images for humans. Okay? And uh, this brings us, again, if you think about it, to another logical outcome 
uh, evil outcome of this atheistic evolutionary mindset called evolution. Okay? You see, if there is no God, as they would say, it's a lie. But they say there is no God and evolution is true. Okay? It's a lie, but they think it is. Okay, then think about it. You can not only at some point try to play God yourself and become one like the transhumanists. But you can also make improvements yourself and speed up man's so-called evolutionary process, right? You can make it. You don't have to wait millions and millions, and, and that's all a lie. But this is their mindset. You don't have to wait that long. You can do it yourself and make it all better. And that's exactly what's going on now. Did you read the article this week? That here in the United States, they lifted the ban on human-animal hybrids this week. There was a ban on it. Now it's off, even in the U.S., but the U.S. isn't the only one. This has been going on for quite some time, especially over in Europe. I'll get to that in a second. They're working on what's called the new human hybrid species with evolutionary enhanced features. They're mixing us with animals. Now, if you want to do the research, there's a couple of different terms out there. One's called parahumans, P-A-R-A, parahumans, or just flat out human-animal hybrids. And it's not just wicked, but of all things for Jesus to mention, he said, you're going to see this tweaking of man, this hybridization of man again right before he comes back. Now, I didn't say that. He did. Let's take a look again at that text. This is in Matthew 24, verse 37, Jesus speaking. As it was in the days of who? Noah. So it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So you're going to see a repeat, according to Jesus, of what went on in Noah's day. Well, what was going on in Noah's day? Well, let's go back to our text we saw last time, back with the hybrid issue, Genesis chapter 6. Let's now focus on that. Genesis 6, 1 through 7. When men began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God, angels, albeit fallen angels, because you got this hybrid thing going on, saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, "Uh uh-uh, don't think so. My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal, and his days will be 120 years. The Nephilim, that's what we saw last week, were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had what? Children by, what in the world? That's, whoa, you're tweaking with man. You're making a hybrid. And they were the heroes of old. They were men of renown. And the Lord saw how great man's wickedness on earth had become. Yeah, you're doing this with demons. It's getting pretty bad. Hello. Uh, And that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. Man, the Lord was grieved that he made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind who I created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, the birds of the air. I am grieved, God said, that I have made them. Why? Because of the wickedness. Massive, major wickedness, okay, is going on here in this text, okay? Not only continually thinking wicked. I mean, isn't that wild that you just can, just everybody in the planet, that's all they thought about. They weren't even thinking good thoughts. It was just wicked, 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 wicked 24-7. But not only that, apparently it got so wicked, you actually started to tweak with humanity. You were creating some sort of evil hybrid. And Jesus said, hey, as crazy as that sounds, you're going to see a repeat of this wickedness right before he gets ready to come back. And so again, let's put it to the test. Are we seeing some sort of human hybrid people tweaking with mankind uh, in these last days? Yeah. And again, folks, this is what's going on uh, with this animal hybridism. And again, I said, it's not just they lifted the ban last week here in the U.S. 150 human animal hybrids have already been grown in U.K. labs. I've been doing this in Europe for a long time. 150. These hybrids have been produced secretly over the past several years, and the revelation, listen, comes just one day after a committee of scientists warned them of a nightmare, listen, planet of the apes scenario. So maybe Hollywood's preparing us for this dangerous road. Once again, it's not just for entertainment, it's propaganda. Education tool for the future they're building for us. It's a a planet of the apes scenario in which human-animal creation goes too far. But that's not right now. As we sit here, folks, they are already creating. It's not coming. They're already doing it. Human-cow hybrids, human-pig hybrids, human-mouse hybrids, rabbit eggs with human cells, pigs with human blood, sheep with human livers, cows with human cells, cat-human hybrids, and a whole list of other weird ones like this guy shares. Watch this. It's in the news if you know what to look for, but this is what they're doing, tweaking with humanity with animals. Watch this. Plans to allow scientists to create embryos that are part human and part animal are set for approval by the official regulator in Britain. These hybrid embryos are seen by the country's leading scientists as a vital step in the search for cures for diseases such as Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. This embryo is part mouse, part cow. 
In a few months, this Newcastle lab is hoping to create a human-cow hybrid. PPL Therapeutics is working on a solution. They want to clone pigs whose organs can be transplanted into people. Cloned and genetically modified cows that can produce milk containing the same health properties as human breast milk. These glow-in-the-dark cats could help develop treatments for diseases, for animals, and for humans. Yes, you did hear that correctly. He has put a spider gene into a goat. Transgenic fish. So the fish actually have what appear to be six-pack abs that we see in humans. A mouse ear hybrid. That's a mouse growing a human ear. Taiwan breeds green glowing pigs. Scientists in Taiwan say they have bred three pigs that glow in the dark. Hmm, wonderful. Look at that. They have mice that glow in the dark. Pretty soon your babies will grow in the dark. Now, uh, maybe like me, you like going to the movies or renting movies, watching them on TV or whatever. Lately, I would say within the last, at least for the last year, uh, we've started to see a lot of common themes showing up in movies. And I'll go ahead and ask, what do you think these three movies have in common? All three of these movies actually depict superhuman hybrid saving the world. In the first movie there, they mix uh, DNA and everything with a with an alien species and create a human-alien hybrid. And in the last two, it's the son of a god, little g. Son of Zeus in the first one there and son of uh, Poseidon in the second movie there. The son of God saves the world. Problem is, it's the wrong son uh, of the wrong god. Wow. Oh, aren't they just getting ready to relaunch the Avatar thing too? Make sure that's fresh in our brain too, that whole concept. Oh, did you get the glow-in-the-dark thing? I know it's not a, a living thing, but I wish they would come out with glow-in-the-dark Legos. Have you ever stepped on one of those babies in the middle of the night? Man, you start singing opera. It's like, whoa. Okay. But again, I mean, look at the Hollywood movies. It's just, do you think it's by chance? No, I'm telling you folks, they're preparing us for this wicked, evil future that these guys are really building for us. They think it's going to be great. They think it's the best thing ever. And of course, they get to be at the top of the chain while everybody else is annihilated. Yeah, and this guy said, yeah, it's, it's the wrong God, the wrong son of God. It's, it's the Antichrist, anti-God, and Hollywood's using all this stuff to prepare us for that future. Now, I said all that to get to this. What did Jesus say? As it was in the days of Noah, so it should be at the coming of the Son of Man. We're getting so wicked, just like the days of Noah. We're also committing the same wickedness. We're not just continually thinking wicked. Our society's getting wicked. It's falling downhill, just like Romans chapter 1. But we're getting so wicked that even that little weird text there with what is a human hybrid? Who would ever do that again? And it's being repeated today. Now, one, I think this explains the severity of the seven-year tribulation. But I also think it maybe helps, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but you think about it, maybe helps explain the severity of the first judgment, the flood, the worldwide flood. I mean, why did God wipe out the whole planet except for just eight people and the animals that were on that ark? I don't know, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but maybe it could be because Noah and his family were the only ones left untainted by this hybrid experiment going on. And if you look at it from Satan's point of view, I mean, it, makes, it starts to make sense. I mean, he was right there in Genesis 3. He was the one that spoke to Eve, right? Listen to me, you'll be like, oh, bang. and of course, here comes the curse. Here comes, right? And Satan got cursed himself. So he was right there. And that means he also heard the Genesis 3.15 promise from God that even though, yeah, Satan messed things up and man made the biggest mistake ever, God promised in his mercy, Genesis 3.15, from the seed of the woman, one day would come one who would crush the head of the serpent. And so if Satan could somehow pollute the seed of the woman to the point where there was no true human left, hmm, and he almost made it, except for eight people. Not going to say that, say the Lord, but boy, that sure does make you kind of wonder who we have to deal with. Oh, and by the way, one researcher said this in regards to this technology. Eventually, and I quote, eventually we could get to the point where there are very few 100% humans left. Whoa. Now that might add a little bit more to this text from Jesus, if you think about it. Uh, maybe he was talking also about this, Matthew 24, 21 to 22. For then there will be great distress, speaking of the seven-year tribulation, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again, Jesus said. If those days had what? If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. In other words, maybe another reason why God is intervening is because he's going to put a stop to this transhumanism, human hybrid experimentation 
Because if he didn't, there literally would be no humans left. Isn't that wild? The third way, the final way we're going to deal with today, we know this atheism, you want to turn from God, you want to have that audacity. He's giving you tons of evidence. Going to give you over. You're going to invent all kinds of new ways of doing evil, man. And here's another weird invention that's going on, and that's the rise of super soldiers. That's right, folks. Tony Stark, loser. It makes sense in a second. Iron Man, Captain America, Wolverine, all that. Eat your heart out, okay? And I believe that maybe, I'm saying that's it, maybe you start to look at this propaganda from Hollywood and the technology that really is out there. Maybe this is how Satan dupes people into going to the ultimate suicide mission called the Battle of Armageddon. Let's take a look. Uh, at that text uh, revelation 16 13 through 14 and 16 then i saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs and they came out of the mouth of the dragon or satan divine by the text out of the mouth of the beast the antichrist and out of the mouth of the false prophet they are spirits of demons performing miraculous signs and they go out to the kings of the whole world and gather them for what the great uh, the battle on the great day of god almighty the battle of armageddon and they're gathered the kings together in the place in hebrew is called armageddon that's where we get the term battle of Armageddon at the end of the seven-year tribulation. But that's what you see. Here's what they do. I mean, you'd think they'd finally give up after this, but oh no, this is how evil, this is how wicked Satan is. And his cohorts, the false prophet and the Antichrist. He's going to dupe the whole world one last time, listen, to try to take on God. This is Jesus coming back at the end of the seven-year tribulation. Jesus is coming back. How many guys would say that trying to take on God is one of the dumbest things you could do? You're never going to defeat God. Okay, so he actually goes out, demonic spirits, these three work together one last time to gather the world's remaining forces after all that. Hey, let's go take on God. It's the ultimate crazy suicide mission, okay? You're never going to become God yourself. He'll put a stop to that. And he's always going to have a remnant of humanity in his creation. But you're never going to defeat God. I don't care what kind of technology you throw into it. But you're sitting there thinking, well, how do they do this then? How does Satan and the Antichrist and false prophet convince anybody, let alone the whole world that's left anyway, to engage in this ridiculous plan, let's go and try to take on God? Well, believe it or not, can you say DARPA to the rescue? You guys remember DARPA? The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency? Uh, believe it or not, folks, they are working on creating super soldiers with superhuman capabilities that can take on any foreign power, maybe even God from the sky. They've already come out with superhuman exoskeletons for soldiers. Uh, it's actually called Hulk, H-U-L-C, for the uh, human universal load carrier. Carry massive amounts of weight with this technology. Uh, they also got superhuman protection for our soldiers now called Talos, T-A-L-O-S, tactical assault light operator suit that literally turns them into an Iron Man kind of a guy. You push a button and that suit just whoop, and bullets can't penetrate, just like Iron Man. That's current technology if you do the research. Now, speaking of uh, Iron Man in Hollywood, has anybody noticed, once again, those movies are going nuts. They're not just popular, but they keep cranking them out week after week after week. And I know you've been watching them because when I said Tony Stark, loser, it's like I talked about your grandma or something. Like, <laughs> Whoa, okay. And they're cool movies or whatever. But I'm telling you, folks, I think there's much more going on than meets the eye. It's almost like they were being prepared for something. You know, like a reality where, um, I get, make sure you get this in your brain, where superhuman soldiers become real-life superheroes with the super technology to save the day. With... And see, if you think that's crazy, folks, they really are working on this. They're working on genetic enhancements to create crazy abilities in humans. Watch this. Since all of us were kids, we've always been told by our parents that what we see in comics isn't real. For instance, when I was six, I tried climbing up the second story banister and my mom yelled at me, what do you think, you're Spider-Man or something? Get off that, Spider-Man's not real. But today I'm going to talk about DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, and how they're working on making soldiers into pretty much real-life superheroes. So... Take that, parents. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency is working on a super soldier program, a $3 billion super soldier program to be exact. The project got started to help make a metabolically dominant soldier. So in layman's terms, the military is studying on how to use technology and biology to combine man, machine, and science to transcend the limits of the human body. What they're working on, they're working on gear, gadgets, and suits that are things Tony Stark would make. The wearable gear would enable running at 100 meter Olympic sprinter speeds for hours on end, along with giving the person a 
a seven foot vertical leap. The capability of wall crawling, which being the huge Spider-Man fan I am, I say heck yeah to that one. Also flight and enhanced strength, which is probably the two top things people would want if asked what superpowers they could have. Not to mention invisibility and being able to carry huge weapons on your back, kind of like War Machine. But I did say this was a super soldier program, meaning they're trying to alter the genes within our bodies to make humans stronger and superhuman without the help of gadgets. And I meant what I said because I don't lie. And also because they're doing just that. They're working on drugs and genetic enhancements and some technology that would allow for regeneration just like Lizard from Spider-Man, faster healing just like Wolverine, enhanced strength just like Captain America, and even something that would make you like the God of Thunder Thor where you can operate without sleep for days without lack of performance. What's also a major focus is helping soldiers' bodies to deal better with trauma and physical injury. One idea in development is a pain vaccine. Researchers are hopeful that these vaccines will be able to block the senses of pain for almost a month. It would block the pain in less than 10 seconds. So let's say you're in war and you get stabbed, you would only feel the pain for less than 10 seconds before the vaccine kicks in and then boom, no more pain. DARPA says they have already hit its first milestones in animal testing and are preparing reports for scientific conferences. Which means they're getting ready to unleash it. Now, I don't have time to go into all this because maybe someday, maybe, if we could ever get to it, uh, we, got a whole, we got enough stuff to deal with this on a whole documentary we could do. But just to give you a little teaser, we talked before, uh, what kind of got us going down this route, you're talking about, the, are you seriously going to pump people through some sort of genetic stuff and it's going to turn them into a superhuman? Divine appointment, two years ago, I was preaching in Gettysburg. I just happened to be eating at a restaurant outside, and guess who I got to sit across? An actual doctor who was writing their doctoral thesis on this involved in that industry. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. They were studying what's called epigenetics, where you can turn genes on and off. Okay, and you literally can be, and this is the person in the industry. So boy, was we were in a whole different world in that discussion, right? And, uh, but just by segue, what, what I, I asked him, I says, are you serious? I says, uh, uh, how long does it take when you pump this solution into uh, the host for the, the effects to appear? They said, oh, just a couple minutes. And so then I went to, and I says, remember that movie, the, the Captain America, the first one? And he was this little scrawny guy. This is the actual conversation I'm having with somebody in this industry. I'm not making this up. I said, you know, where he's just this little scrawny guy, and they pumped him through these fluids, and they put him in this cooker thing, and he came out looking like Pastor Billy. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah, come on. I mean, work with me. Help. He was obviously looking, excuse me, not like Pastor Billy, but who's really buff, right? And all that stuff. And I kid you not, I mean, without hesitation, I said, is that really possible? Didn't hesitate, nothing said, absolutely yes. And it wasn't just absolutely yes. They are already working on this, been working on it for quite some time. They're talking about being able to now manipulate. Now that they've mapped the whole human genome, they've got something called the, the DNA wash, and they could direct what they want to come out in humans. They're also going all over the world, and they're taking these weird human traits. Like they, they hear reports of somebody who has uh, the ability to never feel pain. They'll go and they'll get a DNA sample from them. They have somebody that has this weird uh, uh, ability that they could, a superhuman uh, you know, strength, that even at a young child, they will go and get a DNA sample, and they're building this database just like a Wolverine scenario to create this in humans. This is current technology. Now, you might think that, well, this is getting you know, kind of crazy, kind of out there. But again, what's Jesus say? Hey, you're going to see in the last days, you're going to see people tweaking once again with humanity, making some sort of a hybrid issue. And this is going on as well, not just mixing with animals, but literally genetically altering mankind, period. And if you don't think they're serious on it, folks, the think tanks behind the world are admitting that countries outside the U.S., they've been working on this for several years, and we're actually under the eight ball. We're, we're behind the scenes. And they're actually telling the U.S., you better hurry up and get cracking on this U.S., or you're going to be left irreparably behind, and these super soldiers will come and take you out. So it's like a new Cold War that's going on. Human modification. Let's take a look at that. We have the technology to mix species, perhaps mix uh, a human with an animal transhumanism. Explain this. Well, that's absolutely right. In fact, we're doing it in laboratories around the world. When most people today hear about the stem cell sciences, they yes. don't realize that a great deal of that is talking about the creation of a part human, part animal embryo that then can be used for experimental purposes. Uh, now, transhumanism itself is the idea that we're going to use that kind of science and other kinds of science to create a new form of mankind. 
Why do we want to create a new form of mankind? Well, of course, you know, if you talk to the transhumanists, they're utopians. They believe we can live forever. We can have immortal life without the bother of having to ask Jesus to give it to us. We can upload our brains. We can live uh, forever inside artificial intelligence systems. There's a great deal that the transhumanist community believes. But when it comes to genetics, when it comes to kind of repeating what happened in the days of Noah, where these fallen angels corrupted bloodlines, uh, they believe that we can improve our species, open new modes of perception by blending ourselves with animals. We might even be able to see into the supernatural realm. Okay, and among wait, the transhumanists, they aspire to do that. Who is DARPA and what are they doing? DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. It's one of the large departments of the U.S. that uses our tax dollars to hire other people to come up with great ideas, private laboratories, things like that. But in last year's operating budget and in this year's operating budget, for instance, they have set aside millions of dollars for rewriting the DNA of our soldiers. Why would they want to rewrite the DNA of our soldiers? Super soldier technology. And furthermore, they are being advised by some of the top think tanks in the world that our competitors, our enemies, are privately developing this technology right now. And that if we don't get ahead of it, in fact, the Jasons, which is one of the top scientific advisory panels in the world, told them that by the end of 2012, if we weren't secretly, privately ahead of the human enhancement revolution, we would fall irreparably behind and be dominated on the future battlefield. In other words, you better get cracking. Whether you like it or not, better start manipulating mankind. Create your own super soldiers because people are already doing it. It's a whole new Cold War. But you might think, well, okay, Pastor Bill, that's kind of cool, kind of freaky, but where are you going with all this? Well, let's go back to our original text there, the Battle of Armageddon, the deception that goes on there. We now have the current technology. It's already been put into play uh, to create and give humans superhuman strength and endurance and protection and flight and pain tolerance, just like a real live Spider-Man or Captain America, Wolverine or War Machine. And and, and how in the world is Antichrist going to dupe the whole planet to take on God at the Battle of Armageddon? Well, hey, maybe. Maybe if you're Satan and the Antichrist and a false prophet and you've had several years of help from Hollywood... You could tell people that the foreign entity coming out of the sky, the sky is being parted. It's not God. It's not Jesus coming back at the second coming. No, it's an alien entity coming down from the sky. And we need to rise up with all this technology. We'll give you, average Joe, all this technology to become a real live superhero. And we'll band together and save humanity one last day, just like the Avengers. Remember that scene? At the end of the first movie that they came out with, where this alien threat was coming to the sky, the big finale, and they all worked together to take it down. Let's, let's remind ourselves of that little piece from Hollywood. Right on the ground. I can close it. Can anybody copy? I can shut the portal down. Do it. No, wait. Stark, these things are still coming. I got a nuke coming in. It's going to blow in less than a minute. And I know just where to put it. Stark, you know that's a one-way trip. Save the rest for the turn, Jay. Sir.
not slowing down. What just happened? Well, don't you get it? He, all of us working together, we're just average Joes. You're just some sort of science geek guy. But not with this technology. All of us working together, we, we, we made ourselves available with this technology and we saved the day. We saved the day from an alien threat from another world. And you could start to begin to wonder, not saying, thus saith the Lord. The Bible says one day God is going to split the sky. And the Bible does talk about another dimension. It's called the spirit realm. And one day Jesus is coming back with his church who left prior to the seven-year tribulation and his angels. And they're going to come and they're going to defeat the Antichrist. How in the world is he going to dupe the world to take on Jesus? One last time, let's rise up with all this great Avenger technology. We'll make you into a superhero. But that's not Jesus. No, no. It's an alien threat from another planet. Isn't that well? Now, as we close, believe it or not, I think they're also working on a remote-controlled universal soldier so that uh, if you didn't fall for that deception, uh, they'll make you do it anyway. Now, what's weird when you do the research real quick, you know when all that started? Uh, it's when Obama launched the Brain Initiative. Yeah, whatever. Watch this. U.S. President Barack Obama has proposed a 100 million U.S. dollar initiative to map the human brain's activity in unprecedented detail, saying this 1.4 kilogram organ remains largely a mystery. Now, as humans, we can identify galaxies light years away. We can study particles smaller than an atom, but we still haven't unlocked the mystery of the three pounds of matter that sits between our ears. Now, I don't know if you guys remember that news broadcast, but I remember this in the context. Hey, not the economy is really good right now, uh, but the economy is way worse. This is when people are losing their homes, jobs are even worse and all that stuff. And, you know, everybody supposedly is supposed to be in there to fix the economy and all that. And all of a sudden he comes out with this one, this big mandate. We've got to map the human brain. Anybody think that was kind of weird? Yeah, I did too. And then I found out, oh, it didn't make sense at first, but it was enough out of place to go, something doesn't smell right. Why are you in a desperate need to map the human brain? Well, this brain initiative, guess who got the funding for it? DARPA. The same ones working on this other technology. Watch what they're doing with it. Back in April of 2013, President Obama unveiled the Brain Initiative, a bold new research effort looking at the brain. The White House pledged to spend $100 million to study how our brains work. One year into the initiative, there's some big news to report. The next few months, highly secretive U.S. military researchers say they'll unveil the advancement of brain implants that could one day restore a wounded soldier's memory. The Defense Advancement Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, is behind the sophisticated memory stimulator. While this is great news for those who have suffered brain injuries, some people see it in a different light. Manipulating memories in people could open up an ethical minefield. Uh, yeah. yeah plus, we're assuming that that's really what you're going to do by putting chips into people's heads. What, what's the Antichrist doing in the last days? Where's the two places for the chip? And then you're working on putting chips in people's heads, and that, that's because... But we're, you know, it's just to heal memories. Now, unfortunately, when you do the research with DARPA again, you know that's not what they're going to be doing with these chips. They're going to use it to create remote-control soldiers just like a rat. Watch this. Brain-machine interfaces a technology that marks the beginnings of a new kind of man, the cyborg, the robot man. Neuro-robotic technology can be applied in different directions. The brain controlling the machine or, inversely, the machine controlling the brain. But a third option is also possible. One brain controlling another brain via the interface. Electrodes in the sensory cortex of the rat send stimuli to the zones connected to its whiskers. When the rat follows the signal sent to its left side and turns in that direction, 
it is rewarded with a discharge into its pleasure zone. This discharge produces a flow of dopamine, providing instant pleasure. This zone is also called the brain's reward center. We possess a reward center too, just like the rat. In the process of creating a cyborg, this is square one. If we send a stimulus to the zone related to the hand, we create a sensation in that area. In the same way, via the motor cortex, we can provoke an involuntary movement. In Boston, the first machine-brain interface trials have already been conducted on paraplegic patients. Thanks to an electrode chip called the BrainGate, they can operate a computer remotely by thought. So it's no coincidence that these researches are partly funded by DARPA, the US's defense research agency. Neuroscience will bring us the soldier of the future. Who, apparently, will do whatever in the world the Antichrist wants you to do. Even something as goofy as, hey, take on God at the Battle of Armageddon. You'll move involuntarily whether you want to or not. Oh, and by the way, again, um, God doesn't lose. You want to know why Jesus said Satan is not only a liar, but the father of all lies? That's, he's very good at deceit. That's what he does. But the Bible says he's also a murderer. And Satan knows that they ain't going to win. He knows. God told us how this battle is going to turn out. It's going to be a bloodbath. Literally. Watch this. Revelation chapter 14, verse 20. They were trampled in the wine press outside the city, and the blood flowed out of the press, listen, rising as high as the horse's bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia. Now, let me do the math. That is, in other words, the blood from that battle is going to be four feet deep for 200 miles. Now you know why. Don't take it personal. I said, Tony Stark, loser. I don't care what technology you throw it at. You're not going to defeat God from the sky. But you talk about deceit, man. No wonder the Bible says you don't want to be in the seven-year tribulation. No wonder Jesus said, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, stand up, Christian, lift up your hands, because your redemption is drawing near. If you're here today and we're a Christian, the point is this, woo that means Jesus is coming back to get us. This is great news, man. We get out of this joint, okay? It's going to be awesome. And we need to get busy sharing the gospel so nobody ends up in that. At least give them an opportunity, right? We can't sit on this good news, okay? But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, man, what more has God got to use to get your attention, man? This is real. This ain't make-believe, okay? Heed these warnings. Heed these signs. Give your life to Jesus now. Make sure you say, because listen, you don't want to be here on this planet when the Antichrist takes control. This is still the tip of the tip of the iceberg of how evil and wicked it's going to be. You don't want to be there. There's only one way out. His name is Jesus. And by the way, did you know that going to a church service doesn't save you any more than sitting in a barn makes you a cow? I had to switch that up. You got to be born again. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people are relying on their own work instead of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Thinking that their own work or trying to be a good person, that'll won't. It's only through Jesus. Your works can't save you. And so that means there's probably going to be a lot of people sitting in church services when the rapture happens and there's still going to be folks in the pews. If it were to happen today and it could happen today, I hope all these pews would be empty. I hope it doesn't turn out like these folks. We'll close in prayer after this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light. That it was good.
The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 42, Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour your Lord is coming. I want you to know, church, that Jesus Christ could come this month. Or he might come next week. Or he could even come... Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Now, before you answer that, let me uh, share with you a couple things that the Bible says. The Bible says that God is holy and that we are not. And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. We don't deserve to go to heaven when we die. We deserve to go down. We deserve to go to hell. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this problem that we have, that we're separated from God not only now, but we're going to be separated from Him for all eternity in a place called hell. We, we, we don't even want to admit that. So, once again, out of love, God gives us what's called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were God's x-ray, if you will, divine x-ray to, to get us to admit the problem that we have inside that's separating us from Him. Let, let, let's take a look at a few of those of God's divine x-ray. For instance, if you think that you're worthy on your own, you don't need a Savior, uh, you're going to get to heaven all by yourself, then let's take a look at God's test there, uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. Uh, how many of you have ever told a lie before? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, if you didn't raise your hand, you just told one. But folks, we've all done that. That makes us a liar. The Ten Commandments, God's x-ray, showing us that we have sin that's separating us from Him. We're not holy and perfect like Him. The fifth commandment says this, you shall not steal. Don't ever once take anything without permission. How many of you have ever done that? Well, if we're not going to tell another lie, we, we should all admit that as well. Well, that makes us a thief now. The Bible says that God is so holy, uh, even His name is holy. And that's why the Ten Commandments says you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And if we're honest again, folks, hey, a lot of us, how many of us have used the blessed name of Jesus Christ? The only name, the Bible says, under heaven that men might be saved. We've now turned it into a common cuss word, if you can believe that. The Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. The Bible also says, hey, show, you want to show God you're so perfect, you have no sin, then don't ever once commit adultery. And you might say, well, I, I've never done that, really? Jesus lays the standard before us. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outside. Jesus said, if you ever looked with lust in your eye at another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. That's His holy standard. One more, the Bible says, okay, you think you're so good? Uh, then don't ever once commit murder. You shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I, at least I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible again says that the sin of hatred, wishing someone was uh, dead, is akin to the sin of murder. It's just, if you will, you pull the trigger in your heart. So, so, so how are you doing? That's just five out of ten of God's divine x-ray, by the way, uh, showing us the problem. How are you doing? Not if, but when your time comes, we're all going to stand before God. You will be forced to admit what He already knows. Hey, God, let me in. Let me in. I'm a, I'm a liar. I'm a, I'm a thief. I'm a, a blasphemer, an adulterer, and a murderer. And the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're not headed to heaven in that state. You're headed to hell. But here's the good news. God said if we would just admit this. Number one, then he could fix it. And it gets fixed only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the life, and the truth, and nobody comes to the Father but by me. Why? Because only Jesus lived the perfect life in our place. And Jesus died on the cross. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be set free. And since we weren't there, and since it's a gift and we can't earn it, we have to receive that wonderful gift by faith. And the Bible says God will pardon us for our crimes, our sins against Him. And you could actually see this analogy working uh, in the natural, in the normal world. Uh, we see this actually uh, in the courtroom. For instance, if a person is guilty and, and everybody knows they're guilty, they've committed a horrible crime, and, 
and, and the, the sentence is passed. The judge has knocked down the gavel and says, hey, uh, you are going to jail. You are going to the death penalty for that crime. And, and we know that people, that happens all the time, and they go to jail. But believe it or not, did you know there's a way for that person, even though they're guilty, to actually be set free from that crime? It's called a pardon. And the one in authority, the governor, has the part out of mercy, out of goodness, certainly nothing that that person did in jail. They can't undo the crime. It's too late. But out of mercy, the governor could go down there and grant that person in jail a full pardon for their crimes. And by receiving that pardon, the doors come open and they are set free and they're rescued from the death penalty. Folks, that's what God is doing every single day with us spiritually. He has allowed His Son, Jesus Christ, to take the death penalty in our place. He's pardoned us, but a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it. And it's actually been on historical record that there have been people on death row who a governor has gone down out of mercy and extended to them a full pardon, but they've rejected it. And by their own doing, they went to the death penalty. Folks, don't make that same mistake for all eternity. God loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done. All of it. Even the sins we don't even know about. He wants to pardon you and forgive you, but you must receive that by faith today. The Bible says if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you call upon His name, ask Him to forgive you of all your sins, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Please do that now. Please do that today because tomorrow may be too late. Well, this has been Billy Crown of Get a Life Ministries. Again, thank you for joining us. If there's anything that you need, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact us. Our information and number and uh, things will uh, pop up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.